Hey, we're back. Uh, we've always great to have Bill Browder uh, back in studio, uh, Hermitage Capital CEO, head of Global McGinsky uh, Justice Campaign, New York Times bestselling author, his latest book, Freezing Order, a true story of money laundering, murder, and surviving Vladimir Putin's wrath, now available on paperback, and I'm holding it up if you're watching Fox Nation. Bill, great to see you. Great to be here. It's always good to weigh in with you because... Uh, just for people to understand how you're linked to Russia. First off, you went there as an investor, correct? You were doing business. A lot of people were doing business in Russia. They had great hopes for what Russia would be after the collapse of the Soviet Union. Yeah, it, it all it all looked good. You know, we we thought that um, this was going to turn into a normal country, and and you know, it was all very inexpensive. All these stocks were trading at like bargain basement prices, and and we thought if it becomes a normal country, we're going to make a lot of money, and it's all going to be really great. Um, problem was that. Um, it didn't turn into a normal country. It um, turned into a massive Putin-led kleptocracy where Putin became the biggest mafia boss in the world. He was stealing everything hand over fist, and anybody who tried to complain about it ended up getting kicked out. I was kicked out for publicly complaining about corruption. Where were corruption. you living? I was living in Moscow at the time, and, uh, and I got kicked out. My offices were raided. They seized our documents. And the next thing that happened was the documents were used in a, in a complex scam and fraud where they stole $230 million of taxes that, that my firm paid to the Russian government. I had a young lawyer named Sergei Magnitsky. He discovered the fraud. He exposed it. He testified against the officials involved. And then he was arrested, uh, tortured for 358 days, and murdered back in 2009 at the age of 37 in Russian police custody. What did you do in his name? I got a piece of legislation passed called the Magnitsky Act, named after Sergei Magnitsky. It freezes the assets and bans the visas of the um, uh, kleptocrats and, and human rights violators in the Putin regime. <clears throat> the Magnitsky Act was passed in the United States in 2012. It has been since passed in 35 countries, including the UK, EU, Australia, Canada, and various other places. And Putin is just furious about this legislation because um, he's a guy who commits human rights abuses, keeps a lot of money offshore, and I've put that money at risk, and he's, he values money more than human life. So in that time, uh, we remember the McGinsky Act was front and center. Number one, John McCain helped pass it. Yeah. Number two is, and he loved it because he saw Vladimir Putin as the enemy you do. And then it became pretty apparent because they tried to get to the Trump campaign and try to get rid of the McGinsky Act in exchange for re-releasing adoption, allowing Americans to adopt Russian kids again. So that's when the McGinsky Act was like, well, what is that act? And then we're realizing – what you did. Well, and, and in fact, um, at the Helsinki summit in 2018, Putin was so angry at me for getting the Magnitsky Act passed that he asked Trump to hand me over. I mean, yeah. you know, and, and, and it was in the press conference and Putin said, uh, you know, we'll hand over the uh, 12 military intelligence officers who have been indicted um, in America if you hand over Bill Browder. And everyone says, who's Bill Browder? And all, all of a sudden. Uh, I knew. Yeah, well, and I watched. Of, of the eight, 8 billion people on the planet, uh, Putin name checked me, only one. What were your thoughts then? I, well, um, two things. My, two things. The first was it's not very pleasant to be, um, you know, asked to be handed over. But but uh, it was also not unexpected because Putin has been chas- since the Magnitsky Act has been passed. He's been chasing me around the world um, with death threats, with kidnapping threats, eight Interpol arrest warrants, extradition requests, lawsuits, movies. They they, they were doing everything to try to to try to get me, target me, ruin my life. And so it wasn't unexpected, but but it was certainly not pleasant. <laughs> Right, and now that's what freezing order is about, right? What has happened? It's been ten years since um, he's been coming after you. Um, well, it's it, it, basically since Sergei Magnitsky was was murdered thirteen years ago. 13. I've been on this campaign uh, to get justice for Sergei, 
and um, and the campaign um, has led to all these things. And he's been he's been uh, chasing me for for 13 years. It's just been going on and on. And so freezing order is all about the second part of our campaign. So the Magnitsky Act was the first part. The second part was um, who who got the money? Who got the 230 million dollars who um, that Sergei Magnitsky was killed over? And we started tracing the money. And well, we got whistleblowers. We had data leaks. We had criminal investigations. And every time we would find money, we would we would apply to the law enforcement agencies of the country where the money was, and they would freeze it. And that's what a freezing order is. And and um, we've frozen about sixty million dollars of the two hundred thirty million dollars. We found some of the money here in the U.S. The um, Department of Justice um, issued a freezing order over a whole bunch of uh, apartments in Lower Manhattan that were used um, uh, where they used the money that Sergei Magnitsky was killed over. And and uh, uh, there's investigations and money frozen in France and Spain and Switzerland and Lithuania, Latvia. All Whose money the, is it? it? It belongs to all sorts of people, it, people generally connected to the Putin regime. But there's one in, one person in particular who got the money, Vladimir Putin. We were able to trace some of the money to Vladimir Putin himself. How good a job, if at all, has the West done in freezing Vladimir Putin's assets and other oligarchs' goods? Well, so Putin doesn't hold any money in his own name. All the money is held in other people's names, and generally it's held in the name of Russian oligarchs. And I should point out, people often ask me, are there any good oligarchs out there? And, and the answer is no. In order to be an oligarch, you've got to do a deal with the devil. You've got to do a deal with Putin. He gets half the money. So the way you, the way you freeze Putin's money is you freeze the oligarch's money. So far, we've done a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've, we've frozen about uh, 40 oligarchs' uh, assets, but there's, I think there's a total of 118 people on the on the – on the Russian Forbes list, wow. and they should all have their money frozen. So interesting. So here's what Donald Trump said the other night uh, about what's going on in the war. Cut 32. Do you believe that Putin is a war criminal? He's responsible for the deaths of thousands well, of Ukrainians. Well, I think this, I think it's something that not, should not be discussed now. It should be discussed later, because right now we have to get a war. If you say he's a war criminal, it's going to be a lot tougher to make a deal to get this thing stopped. Because if he's going to be a war criminal, where people are going to go and grab him and execute him, He's going to fight a lot harder than he's fighting, you know, under the other circumstance. Uh, that's something to be discussed at a later date. Isn't right it now, we to want to get that war is? settled. So what are your thoughts about his? Well, I mean, uh, I, I know Putin probably better than just about anybody in the world because I've been fighting with him for 13 years. Um, there's, there, Putin doesn't negotiate. Um, there's no discussion to be had. Putin, um, all he does, and, I, and he never compromises, never negotiates, never discusses. All he does is lies and escalates. And so, um, uh, you know, Putin is a war criminal. He's a murderer. Um, he's, he's someone who needs to be defeated, not engaged with. So, yeah, right now, from when we first talked about this, war just started. And now over a year in, to describe how much prestige and power Vladimir Putin has lost. Well, Putin, um, he went into this war, in, in my opinion— um, uh, just to gain power. So when he when he took Crimea, his approval rating shot up, and he thought this is pretty good without a shot. Basically, just yeah, without it. a shot fire. It was a, it was a great deal. He went up to eighty three percent approval rating, and and since then things have been deteriorating and deteriorating. He went through COVID and and the, the economy and all this kind of stuff. He saw a bunch of his other uh, dictators in, in neighboring countries um, uh, losing their their positions. And, and Putin is, is a guy who understands very clearly that if, that, um, if he loses his job, there's no Putin presidential library to retire to. He can't just go and 
do paintings and enjoy all of his stolen money. Like Obama. Now, um, he's not saying he stole money, but he can enjoy his retirement. Uh, or, or like um, uh, George, George W. Bush, who does nice painting and, yeah. and, and having a good time. And he's, he's, that's not going to happen. Uh, that's not going to happen. If Putin gives, loses power, um, he loses his money, he goes to jail, and he dies. That's, and so for Putin, this is like you know, the scariest thing in the world. And he's, he's, a, he's a scared little man. And so the reason he went into this war – uh, it's not because of NATO or some grand vision of Russian expansionism or something like that. He went to this war because he wanted to stay alive and he wanted to push his approval ratings back up. And and he thought, OK, he's going to go into war. He's going to invade Ukraine. Uh, Zelensky is going to hop on the first U- U.S. military helicopter to e- to western Ukraine. And um, and three days later, it's all going to be over. And this has turned into the worst quagmire the biggest disaster Putin could have ever imagined. He's lost more than 200,000 soldiers. It's a complete mess. Bill Browder, our guest, the name of his book now on paperback, Freezing Order. You're 100% right. And now in Bakhmut, in the actual battle itself, it was supposed to take Bakhmut and get closer in the winter and just punish Ukrainians who were just going to hold in the winter. They can't get Bakhmut. And Wagner Group is so frustrated, they came out and said, since we can't get any ammunition, we can't get ammo, we can't get backup, we're out of here. So there's quickly they tried to ameliorate the situation, but there's obviously friction between the mercenaries, the Wagner group and between regular army. And they lost ground over the last few days to the Ukrainians who are moving forward in that region. And, and, and the the counteroffensive hasn't even begun yet. I, I think that basically they've they've run out of soldiers. I think that there are no I mean, that the Wagner guys have been decimated. They, they think they've lost more people in the last like month in in um, Bakhmut. Um, then they lost in the entire Afghanistan thing, you know, uh, over 10 years. Right. When, when the Soviets invaded Afghanistan. See, everyone's like, oh, look out for the Wagner Group. Really? They're recruiting in prisons. How how elite are they? You know, are, well, pre- they're, they're, they're better than the regular army. The regular army, like nobody wants to be there at all, at, at least in the, in the um, from, from Prigozhin's perspective. He's the head of the Wagner Group. He can get like trained killers because these guys are all in jail for murder. That that's better than just you know some some guy who is like a computer programmer who gets drafted into the army. Right. I'm thinking of our quality Navy SEALs. Those. Oh uh, yeah. No. The, the, I mean, the, the, these guys are are, are terrible at, at, at across the board, and 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 they can't even. I mean, uh, you know, Russia um, defined uh, Ukraine as some kind of like non-existent um, you know uh, pseudo country. And all of a sudden, these guys are, are as mean and tough and, and, and aggressive as anyone they could have ever encountered. Oh, uh, they know how to fight, and they were Western-trained, and it looks like we played a role in that. But here's what bothers me, is that in the beginning, we're not going to give them high Mars. We gave them high Mars. In the beginning, we're not going to give them uh, fighter jets. He got, they got fighter jets elsewhere. Now, they're not, we're not going to give you cruise missiles. We're not going to give you Patriots. We gave them Patriots. How many people died while we went back on our word and changed our mind? Why can't we make a comprehensive decision? Because losing is not an option for the West either. You're, you're so, you couldn't be more right. I mean, this is, you're, you're so, so right. It, it, was, it, it was shameful. We, we, we could have given them all this stuff at the very beginning. We could have created a no-fly zone. We could have given them the F-16s. We could have given them the tanks. And, and, and you know, we, we still to this day are not giving them long-range um, artillery. But the British the are. The attackums. The, the British are. And so what's and, – and I read the other day and, and I don't know if it's true or not, but I read the other day that, um, that the Russians called us up and said, oh, there's a red line if you do that. Well, who are the Russians to tell us where the red line is? Yeah, absolutely. I mean I, I 100 percent agree with that. The, the thing that I think the world has to understand that we should have learned for hundreds of years of, 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 of knowledge 
is that our enemies, who are China and Russia, every time we try to acquiesce and rationalize, they look at it as weakness. You're right. And you have to not treat it like we're dealing with France and England. We can rationalize. France got mad about the nuclear missile sales. Australia said, we're not getting it from you. We're getting it from America. They were furious. They pulled back their ambassador. We made up. We talked to them. We're pretending as if we can do that with China and Russia. You, and we can't. You can't. And, and, and the one thing I would say about this whole conflict in Ukraine, for anybody who says that, that we shouldn't be in Ukraine or we shouldn't give them what they need, is that – uh, Russia is is um, either tied for number one or the number two adversary to the United States and to the West. Um, we we can um, supply spend five percent of our military budget, um, not lose a single American or British or European soldier, um, and we can basically eliminate um, this enemy for the next twenty five years. It seems like a pretty good deal to me. It is a good deal, but the president of the United States has to be good, do a good job explaining to the American people every chance he gets. This is what we're doing. It's a small portion. It's one half of 1% of our military budget. A small portion. This is what's happening. Yeah, would I like to see the Europeans give more? But General Keene broke it down for me. He says, if you think about it, in terms of what they're doing in training, what they're not doing in dollars, he thinks France should be giving more in Germany, but the U.K. is doing a lot. Sweden's stepping up. My goodness, the worst nightmare just happened to Vladimir Putin. Dreaded NATO is adding Finland and eventually Sweden. That is his worst nightmare because that's his big complaint and fear about Ukraine. Yeah, I mean, he was he was worried about NATO expanding. Well, he's just got a 500 mile border with Finland. Uh, and by the way, the Finns know how to fight. I mean, if, if there they was are a, not afraid. Well, I mean, nobody wants to be at war. But but the Finns have already been through this with Russia and they pushed the Russians back. They, 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 they successfully fought off the Russians back in 1939. I mean, it's um, they, they know what they're doing in the Finns. So listen, Bill Bradders here. One more segment It's called Freezing Order, a true story of money laundering, murder and surviving Vladimir Putin's wrath. A lot of people ask, what's he really like? Is he really that bad? Bill knows. And he breaks it down in, his, in a real life, uh, real life thriller. He wish it wasn't so thrilling, but it is. Don't move. Breaking news, unique opinions. Hear it all on the Brian Kilmeade Show. So Bill Browder has been one of the probably the number one enemy of Vladimir Putin because he continues to uh, surround him everywhere he can and stop him financially however he can. His book, Freezing Orders, now out on paperback, a true story of money laundering, murder, and surviving Vladimir Putin's wrath. How would you characterize his health? And his political future right now. <clears throat> well, his his health is is hard to know. I mean, if, he doesn't look great. He doesn't. He he's, he definitely doesn't look great. And the and the rumors are abounding that he's not well. That he's he's um, got cancer, Parkinson's, this that. Who who knows? I I don't know about his health. But what I can tell you is that he's really out on a limb politically. He, he I mean, and and the way I can tell you this is just to look at how scared he is of any type of opposition. So. Um, uh, I've got a friend, a, a close friend of mine. His name is Vladimir Karamurza. He is a Russian opposition activist. He went on to CNN and MSNBC and criticized Putin at, in, at the beginning of the war from Russia. They just sentenced him to 25 years in prison for treason. And so – Is he there? He's in jail in, for treason right now. He's sitting in jail, um, suffering in jail for treason. And, and um, for, for treason. And what is his treason? Calling Putin a war criminal, saying that Putin uh, is a but murderer. He, yeah, of course. And then the Wall Street Journal reporter, they just scooped up Paul Whale and they're holding on to. Yep. And they, we are making it clear that we're willing to swap again. Are we sending, as much as I want the Wall Street Journal reporter back, the fact that they feel they can do it. And now we have to go collect Russians 
put them into our custody, and then swap for them. Should we? Well, I mean, um, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I can think about Vladimir Karamurza and, and him dying in jail, and I want to get him out of jail. And so, um, what would you do for yeah? Yeah, I, no, I, look I, at Navalny. Yeah, I mean, he's. Uh, and so um, should we swap? I don't know. I mean, I think that, that to a certain extent, the reason why they grabbed Evan Gershowitz is because um, they got such a good deal on, on um, Brittany, Griner. Brittany Griner. You know, they, they got a, a sort of a world-renowned um, arms dealer um, in exchange for a girl who had a little um, pot on her. Um, the, that arms dealer came out and said that Donald Trump is welcome in Russia if he wants because he understands how badly he's being treated here. <laughs> how is the perception – of this government in Russia, do you think? Well, I mean, I think that Russia is just furious with with America and 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 the UK and and just about everywhere right now because some, um, uh, you know, we're supplying weapons, we're sanctioning Putin, and and um, and they're suffering. And and by the way, it's really important. Putin claims, oh, the sanctions aren't working, everything is going well. Don't worry, but you know, every, it, it's not. It's it's a disaster over there. South Africa is choosing to supply weapons. Why would they do that? Um, I think that there must be somebody getting a big bribe in South Africa because South Africa, I think, uh, if you take the if you look at who, who who do they make money off, who do they sell stuff to, I think less Us. than le, less than one percent gets sold to Russia of their of their goods. Forty percent goes to America, Europe, Japan, all the good guys. And so, uh, why why would they be like flushing their economic future down the toilet? Um, somebody must be getting a bribe. The one that's got to back out is India. Yeah. I know India, they have a military relationship and they hate China, but that we have to pressure India. Well, I think we have to pressure everybody because you know, like back in the days when I was, I, w- I went around the world telling everyone Putin's a murderous bad guy. And, and it was, so we, we, can't, we, uh, we, we're doing business with Russia. Um, it's crazy. Pick up freezing order. You'll really understand what's going on. Bill Bratter, always great to see you. Thank you. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.